thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their Citra IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats! Welcome everybody to the R&R Cats, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the R&R Catcast. I'm your host, Ryan Foley. He's your host, Ryan Thornburg. We are the Ryans of the R&R Catcast, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. We have a dink sponsor in Jeremiah Johnson Brewing, brewing awesome beers in downtown Great Falls, the second tap room over in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. They just came out with their hazy pail in cans. So that look for that in a grocery store um, near you. I know that's new to their lineup. That should be pretty good coming into the summer months. Thorny, how you doing, buddy? Are you back on the hazy pale train? Or are you you still off the hazies at the moment? Gosh, I don't know. I, I still like. I mean, I still like a good hazy. So, but I thought it was pretty cool to see uh, JJ put their hazy pale Absolutely. a new lineup in the in the can edition, right? I mean, when you go to their when you go to their tasting rooms, they have it, but to see it out in uh, uh, production, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Out in the wild. Yeah, I, I'm doing fantastic, man. Um, my Blues won tonight, evened up the series against the Avalanche, one to one. I think they won four to one tonight. A couple, an empty netter, but I had to avenge my sons. My my uh, my year of sports success is coming to an end. Finally, the Suns yeah. got blown out in Game Seven against the Mavericks in an embarrassing, horrible fashion. Now it's up to the Blues, who are going against the number one seed, but they split. They split it 1-1 on the road to start off the series. It's about as good as you can ask for. So my last chance at a title, man. The Suns were such a disappointment coming off a title appearance last year, having the best record in the NBA by like nine games and just second round exit in embarrassing fashion. So there I am. That's my sports recap here. The Blues holding the torch because I got no hope for the Orioles ever. Who who cares? It's baseball anyway. (laughs) So I'm doing right, though. I am so over listening about your uh, sports dilemmas because <laughs> all of your teams go to the championship. You won a championship in the Super Bowl. Yes. So I don't know if you forgot that. You're like, my one chance at a championship. That's right, yeah. 
I feel so terrible for your sons. And I now forget about the Rams Super Bowl already. How how I had so much forget success. I can't Rams even Super keep Bowl, track huh? of all of it over here. So much. <laughs> Gosh, unless it's the Bobcats, I don't care about any of your teams. Okay, yeah, fair I enough. don't care about your teams going and not winning your whatever. You've you've been so lucky as a fan this year. I'm just uh, I'm just a little bit annoyed at your fandom. I don't know why, but it just it just rubs me the wrong it way. It would be nice if if my favorite teams, at least when they lose, wouldn't lose in historically bad fashion. That would be the next spot for me, I guess. <laughs> yes. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry to rub it in, but uh, I'm having a good time over here, okay? Let me have my oh fun. My Let me have my one, like one or two years of fun because it's going to go back to the mean real fast. Oh, my son Macklin was singing old... Uh... McDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on that farm was Aaron Donald. <laughs> was that was his song? Oh, yeah. I was like, Macklin, why are you talking about Aaron Donald? <laughs> and he was thinking about the Super Bowl and one of those last plays. Did you know Jamar Chase was open on that last play? Had Aaron Donald not been able to get to Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase had, who's there, Who's your stud quarterback? Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I assume. Yeah, he had fallen down. Jamar Chase was wide open. And uh, Joe Burrow came out this week saying, yeah, I had checked down to uh, the wideout, Jamar Chase, and um, that would have been game over. But um, Probably. Man, so such, that's what happens when you blitz, bagel. That's what happens. You yeah. blitz, and uh, you either get the quarterback or you get burned. That's what happens. Well, <laughs> the Bengals' offensive line was so trash. They spent a lot of money upgrading it over the postseason. But uh, anyways... Yeah, and man. Well, now Daniel Hardy will will be second Joe Burrow for the Rams next time. Whoa, I would I would have really mixed emotions on that. I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> I'd be so conflicted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right on. Okay, well, let's get to it. Uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of the R and R. Just a little quick show rundown. We're going to talk about some coaching moves. Uh, Hero Sports. Preseason ranking. We're going to briefly mention the new Big Sky partnership with Scripps, a departure from Root <clears throat> Sports. And then I think the meat of what we really want to talk about in here is the depth chart. The depth, depth chart was released, which is like, I mean, just a little bit of a plug right now. This depth chart really means nothing because it's just like the summer depth chart. And then the fall one will come out before the first uh, first first game. And so if anything, this just serves as motivation for those guys who are not number one That's slots. Right. But uh, it's something to talk about. So we were going to look at the offense today. I know we were going to save the defense and the special teams for something else. And then we're going to go into some golden coolies. And I think we have a special announcement as well. Yeah, I think this is a good time to do it. Um, you know, we've never asked for any support or never, never set up any sort of way to su- support or donate to the show. And we decided, you know, why not do that? Like, why not put it out there? If anyone wants to donate, fantastic. Um, if not, also fantastic. It's not going to change your listening Um options at all or anything like that i think one of our tiers maybe you'll get like a the bonus interview 
episodes, maybe a little bit earlier, but other than that, there's going to be nothing different. So we don't, we don't, we don't want to take away anything. Um, but we set it up through Kofi instead of Patreon because number one, they have better fee for, for us. Uh, they don't take as much for fees. And number two, they allowed us to put set up a product on there. So you can actually go on there and buy a golden coolie. Um, obviously we send them up for free. Typically if you ask us at all, but this would be, you know, if you wanted to buy it and support us, that would be, uh, you know, your choice. You can always just ask us for one. Who, who are we kidding here? I'm terrible at this. They're like, here's this thing we set up to donate, but also just ask us for free. Who cares? Um, but it's through Kofi, which is KO hyphen FI. Took me a while to figure out how to say it. Kofi.com slash RRCatCast. And we have membership tiers set up. We have three membership tiers. You can go check them out. I think the the lowest one I set up was $2 maybe. And oh, another thing I liked about Kofi versus Patreon is it lets you just do a one-time donation. So if you just wanted to send us, a, you know, whatever amount you want, instead of committing to some sort of monthly charge, you can just throw us a little something you want. So I just wanted to throw it out there. We're a little bit excited for it. We've never asked for money. So I'm a little, feel a little awkward about doing this because I just, that's not really who I am or what we're about, but we are putting it out there. And uh, we'll put the link in our Twitter bio and all the places you'd want to see it. So there's the announcement. We are we are uh, accepting uh, supporter donations. If anyone is, you know, enjoying the show and feels like doing that, fantastic. If not, like I said, no problem. Yeah, it would really help us with like stuff like buying more golden coolies when we run out, uh, sound equipment that Thorny and I are investing in and um, a myriad of other things yes. that helps the I mean, the the, this podcast function. is absolutely not free. <laughs> we, we, no. We've actually dropped a fair amount of <laughs> money doing it, but it's I it's like my main hobby, so I have no problem doing it. But we just thought I'd put it out there. So there it is. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate everyone listening through this entire podcast journey we've been on. It's been such such a fun ride. I never thought we would be anywhere near the level of success that we have. The listeners, the the reach we have, we're almost to a thousand Twitter followers. It's it's been a wild, fun ride, and here's to here's to many more because I have no intention of stopping anytime soon. I don't know about you. We can't do the R and R without I mean, two Ryan's, so <laughs> you can't quit. No, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say we would have to like rebrand, even just some random letter. Okay. Um, Ryan, let's get into uh, the episode. Uh, let's talk about the coaching changes. Ryan, we oh nope again. Dang it! That's three out of the Came last four fully. that you've, I believe, forgotten about beer. Man, uh, man I'm batting two twenty five or two fifty right now. That that is is put not in baseball good. terms. That's, that's pretty good. good though. Jeez! If you had All a career right. batting average of two twenty five in, in pros, you'd be pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, you'd be making some money. You'd be but, making some uh, money. I should be doing better. <laughs> What's in our golden coolie? Tossing it to me. All right. Uh, did you want me to play the sound? Is that what you're referencing? Yeah, I, was, I, was, I set you up, man. <laughs> All right, here we go. I set you up. What's in your golden coolie? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds bad playing it through this. I have no idea. It sounds worse. <laughs> I recorded that today as an attempt to make the show a well, I don't know, just break up the nonstop, just talking for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> drop, we'll drop together. Oh, that sounded pretty stupid. I'm pretty embarrassed about that. But here it is. That was it. My old timey voice. That was me. I have young <laughs> double chocolate stout based on a recommendation that we got from a, from a listener last year or two years ago. We asked for beer recommendations. Remember that? We, we went out, bought a beer each 
that someone recommended to us. And I had bought this last time and I really liked it. And I'm drinking it tonight and I I am not liking it. I don't know what. Oh. I think the difference was last time I bought it in a bottle. And this time I bought it in a can. And it's got that little, you know, like the ball that the British beers have in them for like the nitro or whatever it is that has that in there. So it tastes just kind of like a like a slightly more chocolatey Guinness. And I don't know, this time around, it's just not doing it for me. But you know what? It's in a big can and it's got 5.2% alcohol in it. So by the end of the beer, I'll be feeling much better about life. But overall, yeah, not as not as good as I remembered. Maybe, the, I don't know, maybe my tastes have changed. Maybe I've evolved. What are you drinking over there, buddy? Hmm. I have a Modelo. Nice. With a lime. Is it leftover from Cinco de Mayo? No, actually, it's a leftover from a gathering we had on Saturday. My wife bought a case of them. We had like a couple families over out on the patio kind of deal. And uh, so just cleaning out the fridge. Nice. I have, here's my on tap beer. I'm holding it up in the camera. If you can't, obviously, if you can't see it, you're, it's a podcast. Of course you can't see it. Mexican style cantina lager is my backup beer, which is also a big beer. I don't work tomorrow. So what do I care? I have Friday off. I got two big beers on tap. If I drink them both before we're done recording, it'll probably be a pretty good episode. <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to see you tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. We're going to, you're coming out here. I don't know if you want to share why you're out here, but we're going to be able to get together, which is going to be it's gonna be nice. It'll be nice to see you. Yeah, man. I'll bring you one of my new coolies. Our new coolies. <sighs> Sweet. Sweet. Upgrade. Coolie 2.0. All righty. Let's get into the news, okay. man. We got now lots we can to get talk into about. the coaching changes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, first, Ryan Weiss, who was our general manager of yes. football operations. A guy, to be honest, I really didn't know about. No. I knew he was he there. He but... is moving. Yeah. Uh, he's moving to the Chicago Bears. Sounds like he had some NFL experience prior to that. So good on him. Sounds like he's a kind of a mover and shaker. So on to the Chicago Bears. Wish him nothing but good luck. He posted something on Twitter today, ironically, like pumping up Gold Rush. I was like, there he is. So I've heard of this guy now twice. So <laughs> It's the second time. Yeah, I think I remember when he was hired and it's like – we've hired a general manager of football operations. And I'm like, is this a new position? Have we always had a general manager of football operations or it's like, it just didn't ring a bell to me. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, but I remember it being like, Oh, who's this guy? Oh, cool. I don't really know what that does. And here he is off the team. I think by all accounts, he did a great job. And obviously you have to be pretty good at your job to go straight from an FCS team to an NFL team, no matter what capacity that is in. If you're not directly coaching players, it doesn't matter. If you, if you make that leap, you must be pretty pretty good doing something right. So congratulations, Ryan Weiss. Uh, wishing nothing for the best over in Chicago. Windy City. All right. Kyle Reisinger. Reisinger? Have you seen that right? You how told you me you were confident in how to say it. So I'm just leaning Re- into you. Reisinger? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Sorry, Kyle. We never spoke personally, so I'm, I'm not sure on how to pronounce your last name. He was our defensive backs assistant coach for the last six years. He's stepping down. Was it six? I was just about to wonder, like, I didn't do the research. I don't, I don't know how long he's been here, but it had been a while. So, yeah, six years. That's a good stint. Yeah. For an assistant. I knew he was for really a position liked. coach in particular. 
you know, liked by the uh, the players and the coaches. And so this one hurts a little bit because he was such a stable um, face in the program. I, I remember he was a holdover from the Chote regime. Um, super stoked for the guy. Yeah. Now, you know, moving on altogether. I mean, that's probably going to have better working hours. I know it said in the article he was a, a young dad. So I imagine being a young dad and being a coach is not a very – Oh man, you know those two things don't go well together. I can't so. imagine. Like I have a, di- I have a bit of a unique situation with my kids. That I don't know if I ever talked about on the podcast, but I can't imagine trying to do a football gig, recruiting, all that stuff when you have like toddlers at your house. That just sounds Whew. way too hard. It sounds way too hard on yeah. on mom. <laughs> That's yeah, too hard exactly. for one person. That is too hard for one person. But uh, All right. yeah, anyway, uh, I guess congratulations, because I assume he wanted this change for his life. So yeah, get to spend more time with his kids, hopefully. So that is always a good thing. Yeah, that's what it's all about, buddy. Okay, Hero Sports preseason ranking number three. Actually, let's talk about the TV partnership first, because preseason actually will kick us off on some football chat, and then we'll just roll into... My bullet points aren't numbered fully, they're just bullet points, okay? <laughs> I don't see numbers on, read what's because, on the prompt, just because right. they're that way. doesn't mean you have to read it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I've, I've pivoted briefly from my penciled in notes, but uh, let's talk a little bit about that. The big sky announced yesterday that yeah. uh, the big sky has partnered with scripts. And I think much like anyone else who saw that announcement, everyone's like, what the hell is a scripts? Um, apparently they're a pretty decent sized company that owns lots of like local stations in like 30 some odd random States all the way from like California. I think all the way over to like Maryland. There's one in Baltimore. I really don't know the scope of this, at least in terms of the rest of the big sky conference, but it's something like 14 of the conference games for Montana or Montana state will be televised locally on their affiliate stations in the big sky uh, conferences footprint, which I think means basically, uh, I mean, it's just gonna be on TV in Montana everywhere on like free over the air, good old fashioned cable. But the more important part, I guess could be that um, every game will be on ESPN plus and there'll be nothing blacked out now. I know there was confusion about that and frustration with root sports and blacking games out, but now you can just get ESPN plus and watch every single game period. So I think that's kind of the, I think it's basically like roots gone and now everything's kind of going to be the same. There'll be a different producer. There's, I don't think there'll be any SWX, which how do you feel about that? Cause I know you get SWX in Spokane. You're not going to get Bobcat football on your cable anymore. You're going to have to get ESPN plus. Yeah, well, ESPN Plus changed the game for me last year, so I'm not going to lose any sleep about that. But it was nice in years past where you get a random, like three, four games on on the SWX. But as far as ESPN Plus, I as soon as that hit, I'm not looking back. That was a game changer for not only football but for basketball as well. Well, I'm glad because you watched some games on cable that I watched on ESPN Plus, and there was probably a good 30, 45 second delay between your cable feed and you would text me like crap 
And I'm like, the, the ball's about to be snapped. I'm like, oh man, what's going to happen? <laughs> so I had to like basically <laughs> mute you because oh, you yeah. would like spoil everything ahead of me. So now that we're both streaming, at least maybe that problem will go away. So how do you feel about this? Like, first of all, it's a little I, confusing. I I'm, still, I'm still unpacking have... everything and what it means, but I'm pretty disappointed that Root Sports will not be involved in the Big Sky Conference anymore. I know yeah, that they were kind of hard to get. I know that if you lived in a market with Root Sports, you couldn't like stream it on ESPN Plus because it would black you out. But the fact that they even put it on ESPN Plus period last year was a step in the right direction. But Root did such a good job for the for the Brawl of the Wild for Cat Grizz. I know everyone hates Brawl of the Wild. I'm sorry. For Cat Grizz, it was such a top-notch production. It made you feel like you were watching like Alabama versus Auburn in terms of like the the broadcast feed, the the quality of the announcers. I just thought they did a great job. And I'm I'm just concerned on because SWX I think did a pretty decent job too. For whatever reason though, but MSU did not use SWX's feed last year for ESPN Plus, which was infuriating. The feed, whatever they put on ESPN Plus, was pretty awful. Long story short, though, I just don't know what this means for the quality of the product that we're going to get on TV or ESPN Plus. I know that it's not going to be as good as Root. 100% guarantee that. So that's a little bit. I'm a little bit bummed about that, but. More people will be able to see it, and I do think it's ultimately good for the Brawl of the Wild to be able – you can go into Sydney, Montana, and turn it to Channel 5 and watch Brawl of the Wild. Like that, I think, can only be a good thing in in the long run, but I'm sad to see Root Sports go. Nothing. If you live in Montana, <laughs> you should be able to watch any Bobcat game or any Grizzly game yes. without fee. So if, that's, if that happens because of this new company, then I'm all for Which, it. It sounds like is the case. But as a Washingtonian now, as a guy who lives in Spokane, Washington, I could care less, honestly, that Root Sports is gone. It was okay. What you said about the Brawl of the Wild was correct. And yes, I, I get that. I'm really happy with ESPN+. Plus. It was a game changer. Like I said, I am not looking back. So I have no really any kind of feelings about this. I want, is it better exposure, I wonder, to be on Root Sports or ESPN Plus? Probably I think ESPN Plus. Probably more subscribers because you can to go ESPN back and Plus. Watch the games. Yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're more likely, if you're just a college football fan bored on a Saturday, scrolling through games, and you see Montana State versus Weber State, maybe you turn it on. I doubt anyone's, like, scrolling through Root Sports, sitting in, like, Idaho or wherever the footprint was and like, Oh yeah, Montana state and Sac state. I'm turning that on. Cause you, like you have to have that station yeah. for number one and number two, you can't watch like multiple stations at once. ESPN plus, uh, at least with the Apple TV, you can like stream four games at once. So there's a chance you might get in front of more eyeballs on ESPN plus, I guess, but root sports did such a good job. And it was, it was a big time program. Like it was on a, you, you could go to any sports bar in the Pacific Northwest and turn on, Bobcat game. Just, hey, can you turn that TV to Root Sports? Now, now you can't. I can't go to the bar here and ask them to turn on ESPN Plus. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what that does for watch parties, for Cat Grizz watch parties. That's actually, that's right. a, I just thought of that question. If, if that's not available outside of ESPN Plus sports bars, you would, you would think they had figured it out but they don't have ESPN plus set up a lot of them. I think, cause I, I think you get to buy a business business version of it. That costs a lot of money. 
like anything with the sports bars. You have to buy like the the right to play it in the sports bar kind of fee for it. I haven't had much luck with that. So that's interesting, but we'll see. Overall, whatever. We'll see how we'll see what happens. But uh I will miss Root Sports. It'll be the first time since 2011 that the Brawl of the Wild has not been on Root Sports. That is, that's something. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, many of us don't even remember what that looked like without their slick production. (laughs) It's going to look like the same as Montana State versus Stack State at home on ESPN+. Plus. That's what it's going to look like. All right, Thorny. We got to move on. Fine, fine. (laughs) Okay, now we can talk some football. 24 minutes into this episode. Let's talk some football. Preseason poll number three. What do you think? Go. Quick thought. Quick thought. You wanted to talk like 10 minutes on root sports and now a quick thought on preseason rankings. Because I talked 10 minutes about root sports. (laughs) I didn't know you felt so strongly about it. It was... It was interesting while you were going. Okay. Um, number three came out, Montana State Hero Sports, which is Sam Herder's baby. Is that correct? I can never remember what basically, he's dabbling It's basically Sam days. Herder now. I think that they have another guy that's like some sort of beat cover. I don't know what. I don't know. It's basically Sam Herder and one other guy. So, yeah. So, essentially, Sam voted us number three behind North Dakota State, number one. South Dakota State, number two. Sandwiched between Montana and number four. Other Big Sky teams coming in were Sac State, I believe, at 10. And then number 18, Eastern Washington. Notably, Weber State was not in the top 25. They were getting some votes, quote, right, um, from what does that Sam, mean? essentially. That means Sam put them... At 28 or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do I think about this? I think it's, I mean, Montana State went to the national championship. I think this is a nod to to Montana State's Mm -hmm. success last year. I think it's interesting that uh, we are ahead of Montana. That's going to ruffle some feathers across the divide and every proud grizzly out there. Whatever. I don't really care about that, honestly. What I stood out to me, what them, I, it's fun. It's good. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's yeah. uh, to poke the bear. <laughs> literally. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, it just feels like there's a chasm, like a, a good country mile chasm between number three and number two, South Dakota state, North Dakota state. I mean, we beat South Dakota state. So I, I, I've been waffling on this back and forth, but they return Tucker craft, who is, that guy is a just animal. unreal. Oh yeah. Um the Yankee twins are coming back. I didn't know that. Uh most of their offensive line. They they return their all American running back, Isaiah Davis. Yes, it's it's just scary how many how many weapons South Dakota State has. But yet but yet Montana State took them down in um in the semifinal, and not even to talk about North Dakota State. North Dakota State's just a machine, and they lose very little. They lose very little. That was Frisco a very young it. team in yeah. Frisco. <laughs> so it feels to me, like like I said, like there's a country mile chasm between number three and number two, where I see us 
falling short is necessarily just the depth on our lines. To me, it's all about the defensive and offensive lines. And f- more importantly for me, and I know this is going to come up a little bit later in a golden coolie question, it's all about the defensive line and our depth on the defensive line. And I don't know if we have that right now. And so I think Montana State's a good football team. And to be honest, to be honest, the, the FCS just keeps getting watered down with uh, the loss of like some of the flagship programs. And so Montana State should be there regardless. Like we should be a top four team regardless of what we kind of look like top five team. But I do think South Dakota state and I do think North Dakota state are on a different level than Montana, Montana state are right now. Now I know what you're saying in terms of like, it seems like South Dakota state's a whole level above us, but we did beat them. So it's really, it's an awkward dynamic to think about. We caught lightning in a ball in the playoffs. Now can it be replicated? That's what the whole season is going to be. That's going to be the big question for me the entire year. But it, I mean, South Dakota State has cemented themselves in that category. They lost to us. They lose in the playoffs more than you'd think. They went to the national championship game in the spring of 2021 and lost to Sam Houston State, who's on their way to the FBS. So I do think that until proven otherwise, yeah, I could see that it's still 1A and 1B, North Dakota State and South Dakota State, and then 3 and 4, <laughs> Montana State and Montana Willie Patterson was all, all squawking about, hey, how are we not number two? Which is kind of, I mean, yeah, that's what you should do. Like, we're the runner-up. You should vote us number two. So good old Willie advocating for the Bobcats on on social media there. I can't argue with anything you said, though. I think three is probably about right. I'd be I'd be happy with anything, honestly, at this point. There's, I don't find the whole disrespect thing. We were the runner-up, and someone puts us at six. Like, whatever. Like, it's all going to be settled on the field, especially in the FCS that's why it's so great. And it's too, way too early, way too early for any sort of pre with the transfer portal. Like teams are going to, the rosters are going to change for pretty much everybody by the time fall camp rolls around. And that's what we're going to hear, what we're going to talk about the depth chart, like you talked about, the depth and team needs. So that's what we're going to talk about on, this, on the rest of this episode here. So let's talk about the Golden Cooley question that pertains to this subject. Alec Nice says the Hero Sports preseason top 25 came out this week. Is the Cats number three too high, too low, or just right? Just right. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Just right. It's a good question. Obviously, we, we talked about that, but thanks for the question. And yeah, I think that is exactly probably where I would put us. Based on how much the Bobcats honestly lost. Mm. So based on that, we went further. We beat South Dakota State. Bobcats lost a ton of talent. Can we replace it? That's what we're going to be talking about all offseason. It's mm-hmm. a good question, man. Another another thing I wanted to kind of touch on and maybe ask your opinion is like, how much did Tommy Malott afford Montana State? Like he was, without Tommy Malott, the whole narrative is super different Very like different. he injected well i think he bought uh coach vegan a lot of goodwill <laughs> let's just be honest and then i think he inspired the team around him to just elevate because you know, post cat grizz we were feeling pretty pretty crappy and then tommy mullah comes on the thing and it, the whole narrative completely changed and so one player just 
put us in a tacked us in a different direction. So uh he's a big reason why we are nodding at that number three right now. Yeah. And on the flip side without him, I'm thinking like, geez, maybe we might be number ten, number whatever. I don't know. Like I don't know how it plays out ultimately, but he's a he's a big reason Caster's sitting at number three. Yeah. I mean you saw the inverse of that when he got hurt in the national championship game. It just deflated the entire team. Both sides of the ball, yeah. everybody. So there's the opposite side of that. But you're right. Um, mm-hmm. He caught fire. And this is now it's basically now the league is ready for him. Now the tape is out on him. Now it's like, is it the sophomore slump? Or is this the beginning of a new era of Bobcat football, Tommy Malott? Big question. Don't need an answer. That's the question. All oh right. My gosh. Run I feel like the depth court- chart? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's run down the depth chart. Uh, we got some time here, so let's let's kind of look at it. Um, I mean, we're only picking one side of the ball, so I feel like we can kind of dig into it. Let's start off with quarterback here. Tommy Lott obviously gets the starting nod according to the post-spring depth chart. And as you talked about in the beginning, Brent Vegan likes to put this out. Uh, he likes, I remember him saying this last year in an interview, he likes guys to know where they stand. I think that's the main thing he does this for. He's, he wants a guy like like uh, Cam Gardner or Andrew Patterson to know where you stand on the depth chart. You want that starting job? Well, you're second. Like He just likes people to know where they stand. I don't think it's set in stone, but quarterback, I believe, set in stone. Tommy Lott is going to run the show, and Wyoming transfer Sean Chambers, Jr., 6'3-29 is scheduled as the backup, and those are the only two quarterbacks on the depth chart. Thoughts? Well, it's the evergreen conversation yep. for Montana State. It doesn't surprise me. I think I would have uh, I think we talked about this actually. Um Tommy Lott being 1A, Sean Chambers being 1B. The thing I think about is when I look at that tandem right there, they're gonna work in tandem in our offense this season. So I don't think it's Sean Chambers riding the pine. No. I think it's Tommy Malat taking first snaps underneath center and then rotation of those guys throughout the game. Yeah. Just kind of riding the hot hand is what I'm probably predicting. Exactly. Or I don't know if I go so much riding the hot hand. I just think maybe Chambers will do more if if he's being effective. We'll see. Uh, if anything, uh, Brent Vigan has, has proven he likes to ride people, ride his workhorses extremely hard. As evidenced yeah. by, uh, well, Tommy Watt getting 30-odd carries against South Dakota State and Isaiah Fonza getting like 95% yeah. of every single snap Jeez. last year. So he's going to have to change that. And I think mm-hmm. that's, honestly, I think he knows that. And I think that's why he brought Sean Chambers in. He brought in a guy with a similar skill set, at least in terms of playmaking ability and uh, ability to run the football. So I think that's why Sean Chambers is here. And I think he's going to get plenty of carries, if only to keep Tommy a lot more fresh. Yeah, I wonder how their roles will evolve as yeah. the season goes on. It's you interesting. Know, assuming everybody stays healthy, because I don't think you can peg those guys right in right now. Like, okay, Tommy's going to be a running. Sean's going to be the passing quarterback. We need Tommy to be the passing quarterback as well. We need Tommy to be the all-around quarterback. Tommy football. <laughs> yeah, hey, Tommy football. It just, to it just brings more of an element surprise when we when we can when we bring in Sean and let's say we're going to do like a a wildcat package with Sean or something, or maybe just whatever packages he has, 
He's shown he's had the speed. Um, he showed we he's shown he has the arm. We need to have these multifaceted quarterbacks. We're going to do this dual quarterback system that I'm predicting. And I just, I, I don't want them to be pegged into these like defined roles. Like we all knew when Troy Anderson was coming in that he was going to get the ball, but Troy was like, maybe that's a bad analogy because he was just such a special talent. Like you knew he was going to get the ball, but it didn't really matter. He was, he was going to score or he's going to make something happen, but we can't say, okay, Sean Chambers is coming in. This is what he's going to do. Tommy Watson, this is what he's going to do. We got to have a little bit of a, uh, a balance with those guys. I mean, Sean Chambers started at quarterback for Wyoming for majority of the year. I mean, yeah, he's not something. It's not a Travis Johnson situation. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, Johnson came in and he could kind of throw, but let's be real, no one was going to make him throw because it probably would have ended poorly. Sean Chambers can throw the football. Now he threw what four interception in the spring game or whatever. Not ideal, but that's just, you know, that's a spring game. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into that. I, if they do choose to bring him in and run it, it's going to be quarterback or I'm sorry, a coaching decision and not because Sean Chambers can't throw the football. That'll be because they just want Sean Chambers to run the ball. He's got that entire skill set. He can do more when they bring him in. So that, that does open things up. And I think that's going to be a whole different thing than we've seen from any of our second quarterbacks coming in like a Travis Johnson or, or anything like that. It's going to be not just running the football. That's what my hope is. Yeah. Question. What if for they you? use both of them at the same time? We could, honestly, we could. I mean, Tommy Watt <laughs> came in at cat Grizz, right? Uh, with Matt McKay. And was there a package of Matt McKay, Tommy Watt and Troy Anderson for a couple snaps at cat Grizz? Dude, Kek Grizz is so forgettable yeah, in my mind. I was not, so pissed yeah, the whole time that like the whole thing was just a blur. An absolute blur. But uh, yeah, there could be situations where they're both in at the same time. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Uh, I have a question for you before we get off the quarterback subject. Is this When's the last time you felt this good about the quarterback position going into a season at Montana State? I have an answer. I want to know your answer. Gosh, that's a, that's a good question. You're assuming I feel good about our quarterback situation. No, I'm saying when's the last oh. time you okay. When's when's the next best time you felt after I assume this is the best since Chote and the entire Chote era. <laughs> if it's uh, not, I'm curious yeah, if you think who's better. That, no, I would say that that is true. If we look I mean Prukop would be yeah. my answer. Two thousand fifteen, Prukop's junior year. I haven't felt yeah this decent about the quarterback situation. I was optimistic Choate's first year because Tyler Brugman, I thought he was going to be okay. And then it was basically, I was sort of optimistic. Dude, you were a Chris with, Murray fan. I was sort of optimistic with uh, Matt McKay. And, but that, neither of those no, like, were you, proven. You, hold on, pump the brakes, Thorny. You were a Chris Murray guy. What are you trying to say here? You, th- you think well, you think in, you two- like in 2018 Murray. when Chris Murray was a quarterback, I was stoked? Is that what yeah. you're asking? No. That's what I'm saying. No. Yes, you were. We weren't going to go to the playoffs you, with Chris Murray. <laughs> you loved Chris Murray. I did not love Chris Murray. I loved Chris Murray more than the other options on the roster. He was extremely fun to watch run the football. That is 100% true. He was Troy Anderson. They are like a very similar player. Although Chris Murray was a better a big, passer a, than Trey Anderson. Yeah. 
I'd agree, but yeah. I'd agree with that. The point is, Tim and Troy were guys who are going to win football games with their feet, not with their arm. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all. But I never felt great about Chris Murray. Like I was like, all right, well, Chris Murray, let's see what he can do. But I never felt good about it. Anyway, so there's my, there's my uh, there's the quarterback discussion. Let's move on to wide receiver. Let's do it. This is an interesting one too, and we have a Golden Cooley question about this, which I think we want to save for the next episode. Um, it's asking about which position we're most worried about, wide receiver size being one of them. And so we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about that. We'll ask that question after we've after we've done offense and defense, so two episodes worth. But now we got Ravi Alston, the new guy from Division Three St. Thomas, the Tommies, I think, if I remember this correctly. I don't know if I've ever... St. John's. St. John's. They're the Tommies, though, I'm pretty sure. That's their mascot. I don't know if we've ever had a Division Three player come up to MSU before, so that's pretty interesting. Um, 6'3", 203. At the X spot, Adam... or I'm sorry, Aiden Garrigan is listed at his backup. A 6'3", 197 freshman, who I want to say is from Colorado. It doesn't say it here on this depth chart. Uh, H receiver, slot receiver, Coy Steele. Good to see him healthy enough to get himself back onto the roster. I don't know. He hasn't played much meaningful football in a few years now with his injuries he's had. But uh, 5'8", 181, senior already. Good Goodness. Uh, guy from Wyoming, Cam Gardner, listed as his backup. 5'10", 172, junior. Transferred from Utah, whose first season was last year. And then Tavian Williams, uh, Mondre Williams' younger brother, 6'1", 165, who is a sophomore. Who I guess Cam Gardner has the slash with Taven Williams. So it's basically Coy Steele one a, and then Cam Gardner and Taven Williams one B at slot. And then at Z on the other outside position, we got Willie Patterson, five, nine, one eighty two senior. You know, everyone knows Willie Patterson at this point and Andrew Patterson, the speed demon from Texas, five ten one seventy three sophomore from Texas, Andrew Patterson. So we got two Pattersons over there, Willie and Andrew. And that's it. That is who, is on the roster because Jaden Smith transferred out. Uh, Jamad Monroe transferred out. Two guys I think we were both pretty high on for a couple of years now. Yeah. Both out of the program, gone. Mm-hmm. And now this is what we have with Lance McCutcheon graduating. So, Foley, what do you think of this wide receiver group? Pretty interesting. I don't know. It's, it's something that I... <laughs> Jeff Choate ruined wide receivers for me because they were just blockers. And so we just like really, we had all these guys on the depth chart, but really when it came down to it, we were passing it to Kevin Cassis when it came down yep. to anything. And so I look at all these guys, I'm like, are we going to use them? I don't know. And then that's the thing that uh, I would like to see Montana State do is expand their passing game. So if we had a better passing game, and we might. Given this year, if you ask me this, maybe um, I would say, like, ask me this question in October. How do I feel about it then? Right now, I just, uh, you know, it's hard to tell. Like, I, I'm I'm stoked for, um, is it Ravi? Are we calling him Ravi? What, what's his name? I think it was Ravi, but now you get me second yeah. guessing that. I mean, he looked... He he looked he looked like the dude in the in the spring game like he had the size uh, yeah you're like okay well there's our Lance McCutcheon replacement that made me feel pretty good on that I you know stoked for Coy Steele and Willie Patterson 
Willie was actually probably the guy that I thought improved the most he looked last good. year. Yeah. I think he looked good in the spring um, game, but yeah, he did improve last year too. You're right. He was a guy that just really, I mean, we, <laughs> let's just say he stepped up last year for us. And uh, I was really, I'm just excited for him because I think he's going to be the one of the faces of the program that we're going to hear a lot from and lean into a lot. So we'll probably be talking a lot of Willie Patterson on the pod for this next year. But uh, honestly, my favorite guy on that list is probably, besides Willie Patterson, would be probably um, Andrew Patterson. I'm really high on Andrew Patterson. I just think he's... He has different speed and different skills in the in open field. And I feel like that's the guy. When I watch him play, I'm like, man, we just need to get that guy the ball. Like on a screen, on a some whatever, crossing over the middle, because he can make some stuff happen. Why do you think we have a guy like Andrew Patterson listed as the as on the outside? He seems like a natural slot. Yeah, he's more of a slot guy to me. It's like perfect slot build. But the, I think the issue yep. we're running into here. All these guys have slot builds. <laughs> five we, eight, five ten, five yeah. nine, five ten. We have only two receivers. I'm sorry, three receivers listed on the depth chart over six foot. Two of them are six three. They're both uh, the X receiver in Robbie Austin and Aiden Garrigan. Who Aiden Garrigan, I don't think is going to contribute too much yet. I think he's probably going to be a pretty good guy, good receiver down the road. But he's just a freshman. He's got some development to do. And then the only other one is Tavian Williams, who. Looks like six one might be a little generous. Looking at him on the football field, <laughs> he made some nice yeah. catches in the in the spring game. So I think he actually has some uh, abilities. But then you got yeah, Coy Steele five eight, Cam Gardner five ten, Willie Patterson five nine, and Andrew Patterson at what appears to be a generous five ten to me as well. Because <laughs> I thought Willie Patterson looked taller than Andrew Patterson, and this this is telling me otherwise. But that's a small wide receiver group, and in an era where last year we were just big bodied wide receivers throwing the ball up to him. It's going to be like a whole change of pace, a change in yeah. how we're going to run the offense. It has to be with the size. We are a fan based podcast for Montana state and we are just two dads doing this. So this take is based off of that. I feel like our, I feel like our uh, wide receivers are really average. Like, I, I'm not too high. No, I wanted. <laughs> I don't I, feel like we have game changing wide. I was working my team. way to saying that this seems like it's the least <laughs> talented group that we've had at MSU for a, a number of years. That doesn't mean they're not going to be more productive than the other wide receiver group. Yeah, we've had talented wide receiver rooms that we just didn't use. So, <laughs> but I mean, we had we've had you know Kevin Cassis and Travis Johnson on the same on the same roster. We've had. I mean, we've had really talented wide receivers, and I think Willie Patterson is a good receiver. But and but the rest of the guys are kind of untested. Quay Steele, I'm not quite as high on Quay Steele as I think a lot of other Bobcat posters are. I think they kind of root for the underdog, underdog kind of situation with Quay Steele more than he's produced. I do I do have higher expectations for Ravi Austin. He looks pretty good in spring. He's got the big body. I think he's going to be a good player for the Bobcats. He's going to be the guy I think to look to in situations where we need a bailout. Just to kind of throw the ball up to number one, Ravi Austin. But it does seem down the line that this group could use a transfer to me. Like they could bring someone in who could come in and step in right away. Because maybe Willie moves back to slot. They get another 6'2", 6'4", type guy on the edge. And then we got Ravi Austin. 
I think I think that I think if we're talking about needs for the transfer portal, I think they gotta be looking for a wide receiver with with the departures yeah, we that we speed. had. I think we have speed. I think speed's not the no. concern in this group. Yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, game breaking speed, but they're they're not this. Their speed doesn't bother me here. Mm. Willie Patterson's got plenty of speed. Andrew Patterson's got speed to burn. Coy Steele's fast enough. Robbie Austin. Yeah, but Lance McCutcheon wasn't a speed demon by any stretch of the imagination. You know what Montana State needs to do with these guys is just, you know, give us some chances. Like, we, we do such a good job at passing it to our stars. Lance McCutcheon, Kevin Cass, yes. Like, those were the guys who were given Travis Johnson. Those were the guys getting the ball. And by all means, they were amazing. Deserving receivers. of receptions, but. Absolutely. To me, and this is, again, I'm just a dad. We're just doing, fans just doing this. Seems to me we'd have better return if we spread the ball around. Yeah, absolutely. But we haven't really had a quarterback capable of doing that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is is quarterbacks that just can't go through their read progressions. (laughs) Right? That seems to be a lot of it. Tommy Malott maybe isn't great going through the progressions yet, but he can extend plays with his feet and keep his eyes downfield. And that's where you can find yeah. you can find open receivers when you're doing that. If the play breaks down, you want a guy like Tommy Mallott. So I think, like I said, maybe not the most talented group we've had. That doesn't mean they're not going to be a good, productive group that will take us far. Good point. Because of the difference right. of quarterback situation, mainly. Man, we still got a lot of guys to talk about on this offense. Yeah. Tight end. Woo. Derek yeah. Snell. Love that guy. 6'2", 249, beefcake. Trayton Pickering listed as his backup, 6'4", 237. Who, who did we lose in the tight end group? Was somebody, Ryan Davis. Did, did Ryan Davis graduate? Yeah. Did someone transfer or did someone get hurt? I feel like we lost someone that we shouldn't have lost. Maybe I don't think I'm so, Thorny. You, you, okay, you talk about the tight ends real fast while I go look at... Info here. No, I was just thinking uh, Train Pickering should be 1A above Derek Snell just because he has more pretty hair. He's <laughs> got the, that, uh, those luscious curls. I just think... Uh, no. Derek no? Snell is one of my favorite players on the team. He deserves 1A. He is a stud. He is a stud. He's a- Pickering from Sunburst, is that the guy I'm thinking of? I get him confused with the other guy that's from Colorado. Darn it. What? <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, We're both looking at this right now. Roster, roster, low, Number low, 80. load. Roster, roster, low, load. load. <laughs> yeah, Pickering's from Sunburst. He he caught one of our first touchdown okay. passes in Wyoming. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, he's good. He's a... No, he's good. He's a dude. I mean, there's also Ryan Lonergan somewhere on this roster, I think, is going to factor. And they only have two guys on the depth chart, but Ryan Lonergan's definitely going to be a baller at some point. Here, um, so the the tight end room I think is going to be great. I don't think we need to spend a whole yeah. lot of time talking about that. Will we throw it to him? Was always the big question. The talents there to catch passes. <laughs> I mean, Derek Snell had a pretty big play in the spring game, maybe one or two big plays. So it, that was that was a uh, you know nice to see get some receptions because I think Derek Snell can make some make a play with the ball in his hands because he he can get around people. He's got enough speed and he will mow people over at the same time. So I think. That's going to be a good, good room. Uh, fullback, we're set. We got two guys that I just love. RJ Fitzgerald, 
232 senior from Frenchtown. Gosh, darn, I don't have that roster in front of me. I should know this. Small town Montana and then Jahari Martin, 5'11, 229. Both built pretty similarly. Both just short, squatty, muscular guys who love to hit people, which is exactly what you want in a fullback. I love that we still have fullback on the depth chart, and there's two of them. I want to see him get more carries. Gerald's from Dillon. Dillon, darn it. The land of Troy Anderson. <laughs> Somebody that was in Frenchtown, which is Cody Kirk. But um, yeah, that's a good room, man. I, I really like the way Jahari Martin played uh, when F- Fitzgerald went down. He filled in nicely for him. Now we got two guys with tons of experience blocking. I just want to see them get a few carries. I think I did see Fitzgerald get a carry in the spring game, if I remember correctly. I'm, yeah. I'm just hoping they give him a few carries. Throughout the year, because he can he can make some he can do some stuff with the ball in his hands too. He was running back in high school. I've always been a huge Jahari Martin fan. Yeah, he's one of my favorite players on the Bobcats. Um, RJ Fitzgerald just fits it. I mean, you and I. Uh, the funny story about RJ Fitzgerald. Remember, you and I went to Gold Rush. What game would what game did we go to? Gold Rush. Gold Rush. Gold Rush. <laughs> And uh, we're standing down uh, close to the field and Fitzgerald gets his like elbow. That was where he injured Got his hurt. elbow. Yeah. And he, we, we, he walked past us essentially with the trainer going to uh, going to the Bobcat Center, the athletic center and his intensity. He was just yelling <laughs> expletives coming off. Now this is just like, Holy cow, that guy is number one, just the most upset I've ever seen. But two, you were just, you just looked at him and you're like, oh, wow. Like he was like ultra intense. And I was just like, that's what I think of when I think of fullback. It's just a dude yeah. who's just super intense and just wreck shop, like a, a guy that you want to go in a fight with. Like if you're going to go in a fight, you're going to bring a fullback with you. RJ Fitzgerald fits that build for me. Yeah, he was coming off the field. Uh, there was like a silence over the crowd because, you know, he looked pretty serious. He's coming off like holding his elbow and he just raises his helmet with his other hands, like just pumps it up several times and gets just the crowd going like as he's like walking off the field with a serious elbow injury. Like the guy is just passion, man. He is fire and passion. Love it. All right. Moving on to the last okay. and potential most important piece of this offense, the offensive line, because we lose everybody fully. Justin Perkins, the lone full-time starter from last year on that offensive line because Lewis Kidd graduated, uh, Taylor Tuisasopo graduated, and TJ Sessions transferred to Cal here just a few weeks ago, which leaves Justice Perkins as the mainstay on that line. Do you want to read through the line here? I've been pretty much taking this whole thing, so why don't you take somebody? Actually, we still have running backs to talk about, goodness, but we're talking about the line right now. <laughs> not, not the, I said the last thing. One more thing after this. Left tackle. Not, not surprised. Rush Reimer's going to hold that spot. Holden Sampson, a guy that is kind of coming on to the scene, is backing him up. Uh, left guard, JT Reed, and backed up by Joe McElroy. They're kind of 1A, 1B right now. JT Reed. I don't know a lot about JT Reed. He is, is he a transfer, Thorny? I don't I think so. He may guy. have gray shirted, um, but yeah. I don't think he's a transfer. I think he's a 
been oh, with the program the whole time. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is a. I think he's a freshman. Yeah, he's no, listed he's on a sophomore, sophomore. If you're looking at the same, okay. <laughs> the same Sorry. depth chart I am. <laughs> it's right there. Anyways, left guard. Uh, next to Justice Perkins over there, starting center Jack Harlow. Uh, uh backup center, right guard. <laughs> I kind of laughed because I had to project right guards on Bobcat Nation, and I wasn't even close to any of these guys. Marcus Ware, who is the the biggest surprise to me out of out of this, is Marcus moving from the defensive side of the ball to the offensive side of the ball, and then starting, and now getting a, a starting spot in front of Cole Sane, who was a starter last year mm-hmm. for us. A guy that used to play at the University of Montana, and we've talked about that before. Anyways. Right, right tackle Jacob Kettles. We've heard Kettles is just a nasty kind of big dude, and he is. I mean, he's uh, and backed up by a guy named Titan Fleischman, who who's a young guy coming up in in the ranks. So a lot of young guys. I mean, that's who we're gonna have to play. But a lot of guys we've heard a lot about for quite a quite a bit of time. Like we've heard Rush Reimer. Reimer was a huge recruit was- when we landed him out of Washington. So so was Kettles. Um. He, both yeah, guys and Reimers had a lot. He, like he played a ton last year. Yeah. Uh so Reimer Reimer is just about as experienced as Perkins is. I mean, he's yeah. When you're when you're talking can, about you know Justice Perkins being only full time starter returning, well, lots of these guys played. Uh, yeah, Colsane played a lot. Uh, like you said, Rush Reimer played a lot. I'm not sure anyone else did though. I'm looking at this, at least not on this know. on this depth chart here. It's a young group. One senior, Joe uh, Joe McElroy from, I want to say he's from Missoula, who, ha- who hasn't really played much in his career here, which is surprising. I thought he was going to be a guy. Actually, he might be from Butte. But anyway, he uh, is a guy I was expected to, at some point, play some meaningful snaps as a Bobcat. But here he is a senior backed up by, or backing up a sophomore. I guess they have the slash there, but I expect Reed to kind of pull away with that. I don't know what it is. I just kind of get that feeling that that's going to be Reed's spot. Because at at some point, they say it, like at some point, you know, you you are who you are. If you haven't started by the time that you're like a a junior on the offensive line, are you going to start? I don't know. But uh, you know what? It's a group that has some experience. There's some guys who played on a championship team last year, or a you know runner up team. It, it concerns me though that they're not real big. They are not super experienced. They're young. I think they're going to have some growing pains. And I think this is another area where I think the coaches have to be actively looking for an experienced person to come in. The problem is everyone's looking for an experienced offensive lineman. That's why TJ Session isn't here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Those big-time programs, there they are mining wherever they can to get a big body into camp. I mean, two years in a row now, Bobcats have lost a – starting offensive lineman to a power five school, Connor Wood transferring to Mizzou a couple years ago. So how, how likely is it that we're going to find a transfer to come in and be a plug and play guy and get right on the offensive line? You're probably going to have to be looking more at like the junior college ranks. I would imagine like that, but you know, you can find someone out there, but I imagine what I'm getting at is I imagine the coaches are looking here because this group as it stands you know, they seem to be like they could be a potential weak point of the offense. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think the 
the NIL has changed the way we are going to be able to keep offensive linemen and defensive linemen and really any player, honestly, because we're hearing stories of big time programs offering guys $50,000 just to come on to their campus, just to walk on essentially, or give them a spot to come, you know, fill a hole. You offer a guy 50 grand to come. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, what yeah, do you I mean, do, Ryan? yeah, there's Jermaine like, Tennessee, what do you do? There's schools like in the Big 12 and something that are, you know, they don't care if you're going to start. They're just going to, they have a committee set up to go actively looking for people. They'll give you money to come on campus. Do you do that? Do you go and do that and just probably never play? Take the money? I don't know. That's uh, each player's decision to to figure out. But I, I honestly don't think it's going to be hugely impactful, but it, you know, it's going to impact the Bobcats. We're going to lose a couple of players every year because of the transfer mm. portal and the NIL. It's not like the whole roster is going to just abandon ship or anything like that, but you know, it's going to be a factor in the FCS. It, it's a bigger hit than it is somewhere else because there's the depth typically isn't there. Cause you don't have as many scholarships. So yeah. losing a starting well, lineman just, is a uh, hard thing to overcome. However, however he transfer, why ever he transfer doesn't really matter. It's the depth is not, that's prevalent. Hmm. Maybe it just feels different to you a little bit because our offensive line has been one of our top groups in the last four or five years. It's been something where we're like, well, this might be shaky, but we have a really solid offensive line. We're going to be able to run the ball. We'll be able to um, protect the quarterback. What I see with these guys, I, f- I feel like they're maybe a little bit better with pass protection. Um, then run, run graders, you know, guys who can move guys against their will. I don't know. They're going to, like you said, I think they're going to take some lumps early on. They'll probably gel mid season. I think they'll gel. And that's, that's one of the most important parts about an offensive line. Isn't like individual talent or size. It's how well you work, work with the guy next to you. I think that's part of the problem last year is there just wasn't a lot of continuity. And I think that kind of showed. But yeah, this is like the first time when I'm looking down this list and first time in a long time, like, do we have an all-American caliber guy on the offensive line? Because we have for forever. I, there's been a long list of all-American type guys or second-team all-American or honorable mention or all-conference players, first-team all-conference caliber players on the offensive line forever at Montana State. I'm looking at this and I'm not sure I see that right now, but you know, this is this is why they play the games. Like these guys are gonna get better. I think going so deep in the playoffs last year, even if you weren't playing, you were getting all those extra practices in. Somebody mentioned that on the board, and that that's really a good point. Like you get extra practice going that far in the playoffs. They're still running drills, they're still guys are still getting reps that you wouldn't get if you if your season ended in the regular season. So these guys are going to have a lot of practice in their under their belt by the time fall camp, or I'm sorry, by the time the fall rolls around. So pencil me in yep. as cautiously optimistic about the offensive line, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a transfer come in. That'd be cool. Um, like you said, <laughs> not finding a lot of six five, six four, three hundred pound guys just no. walking around. Nope, <laughs> but you're also not finding any on the roster, and that's been a long time since we've haven't had a 310 pound dude anchoring down somewhere. 
Oh, gosh, do you remember how the way Coach Mack used to do it? He I mean, would like, uh, we would sign all these 235, 240 pound guys yeah. from like small town Montana. And we would just, you know, you would go through the, you would go through the, um, the swag over in, in Bozeman. You would see all these young offensive linemen just like loaded plates with like 12 hard boiled eggs <laughs> and like salads and like pizzas. <laughs> You're just like, holy cow. Trying to get the weight on. Ton. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of Coach Mack, like you were talking about like the, the, the Big Sky Championship winning teams, like either 2011, 10, or 12, like Stephen Foster converted, like tight end was playing offensive line. We had a one year we were just decimated. Like we seemed to, mm-hmm. there was a time where you couldn't get to fall camp without one or two guys going down for the season for the Bobcats on the offensive line. It was crazy. So at least we've been relatively yeah. good injury wise on that front. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can piece together an offensive line. It's more, like I said, more important how well you play together. So, Cautiously optimistic. I think Brian Armstrong has done a really good job. He's been um, a very steady coach for us, and I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think he does. I wasn't in love with the offensive line last year, even with the ta- especially with the talent they had. So I'm if that's a whole conversation for later. I think that it can be better. Yeah, let's we'll leave it at that. I agree. <laughs> But who I'm not cautiously optimistic about, I am full exclamation point optimistic about Isaiah Fonze, senior. If he's healthy, if he's healthy, the only question is if he's healthy, is how many yards does he get? Does he get a thousand or does he get fourteen hundred from from scrimmage if he's healthy? That's the only question. He's so good. He's <laughs> so good. He's probably the most talented so running good. back I think I've I've seen at Montana State. Complete back. Well, I guess he can't really catch the ball, but complete running back. Like he's, he can do all the stuff you want from a running back. He can block pass protection. He can plow piles. He can make guys miss. He can scamper 60 yards for a touchdown. He's got just enough speed to outrun defenses. Love, love, love Isaiah Fonze. We are not going to Frisco last year without Isaiah Fonze. Mm. Period. Because nobody, because the offensive line wasn't really opening a lot of holes for him. He was just plowing into, he was making his own holes. And that's, if we're talking about an offensive line that could be struggling to gel, when you got a guy like Isaiah Fonzi and a mobile quarterback like Tommy Mallott, that's going to help a lot. And I'm, I'm excited for Isaiah Fonzi. I'm just hoping he's healthy. But he's happy. I mean, you look at his pictures on Instagram. He just graduated. He's all over Montana State socials right now. Yeah. <laughs> now that guy's a Bobcat, man. Like every year you're like, oh, I say Fonzie's going to transfer. There's the rumor mill, especially coming over from the other side of Montana. Oh, I'm hearing he's transferring to Washington, whatever. Yeah. I'm excited no, for his senior year. Super excited. But we need someone else to be able to carry the football. We can't ride him like we did last year. And that's where my questions are in the running back room. Not with Isaiah Fonzie, with who's behind him. Who do you think? Who do you think is going to get that? uh, Can anybody get 10 carries a game? Because no one else did. Yeah. You know, I was going to think it was going to be Elliot, just uh, 1B. He's he's sitting in the third slot behind Sumner. Sumner just keeps kind of quietly rising to the top. Well, he was hurt Uh, a lot last year. I think, I think he would have gotten more carries. I think they, the coaches trust Sumner a lot more than Elliot at this point in their careers. And if Sumner would have been healthy the whole year, I think he would have gotten more carries. 
So I'm not surprised to see you know Sumner up there. What's interesting about this tailback position is the only one that has four players listed. They go all the way down to Garrett Kuhn. Because they're all going to get carries. Wink, wink. Hope, hope. Like Garrett yeah, Kuhn, man, he, he looks surprisingly good in the spring game. I hadn't really paid much attention to Garrett Kuhn when we signed him. Like, you know, is this guy ever going to get meaningful carries in, in Montana State with, with guys like Demarius Hosey, Elijah Elliott, Lane Sumner, all the guys in front of him. But now, you know, Hosey's not here. And uh, you know, Garrett Kuhn finding his way into the depth chart, getting carries in the spring game. A lot of carries, I think. He got maybe the second or third most mm-hmm. carries. You know, he could he could get some minutes. 6'1", 198. He's a bigger running back. He definitely, I think he can get some carries too. But I think Elijah Elliott's kind of the X factor of this tailback room. Like if he yeah. can create and get some, you know, score some touchdowns like he did earlier last year, I don't know what happened. They just went away from him completely. But if he can get back to that kind of the early season form, he was that last year. I think between him, Sumner, and Afonso, if Elliott can be that guy that can count on to make some plays, we're going to be really good in the running back room. Yeah, he has a change of speed that Afonso doesn't have. He might not be as good in pass pro. Maybe the nuances of just like hitting, seeing the hole early like Afonso can, but he's got better speed. He does. Sumner, to me, feels like a mix between Afonso and Elliott. I haven't seen enough of Kuhn to make it an assessment on him, but yeah, I just really hope they don't bury Afonso underneath Bobcat Stadium <laughs> by the end of the year. Yeah, because that's what it is. Basically, that's what happened last year, and it sucked. Yeah, we just we can't have that same formula. That's all I know. No. It can't be Afonso. No matter how talented he is, he's gonna he's gonna wear down. You just can't rely on a guy that much, especially if you plan on going deep into the playoffs again. You got to kind of plan for that. Yeah. The thing that bugged me, Ryan, was when we would be up big and we were still riding Afonso in the back. Like we're up like two, three touchdowns with going into the fourth quarter and we're still giving Afonso touches. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me at that point. No, not with the defense we had. No. A two touchdown lead is pretty solid with the defense we had last year. <sighs> All right. Well, Let's put a cap on the offense. Lots of question marks. Lots of you question know, marks. I, I think you 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 hit on it a little bit, Ryan. I think we're going to see some transfers come in at a couple spots. Hopefully, where, offensive. Where offensive, yeah, where uh, where do you look at this, and where do you think a need would be if you were a coach? Where do you, yeah, well, where do you where are you hitting? Two two spots you hit on: offensive line and receiver. Yep. I think we need another big body receiver. Maybe put them at the Z slot, and like you said, move Willie Patterson back into uh, the H, and then uh, maybe looking for something on the right side of the offensive line, probably right guard. So you just I don't mean, trust Marcus Ware over there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe I do. Maybe it's I will. All a shuffle. I just haven't seen him. Yeah, it's just, you, you just get a talented guard and figure out which side of the ball, like just shuffle it around. But yeah, a guard, I think, yeah. is what you want. Because I think Reimer well, and Kendall's are good. Like when I saw JT Reed play in the spring game, and that was just my only assessment on him, I, I thought he did a really good job. He looks like he has the body 
to do this. He looks bigger than 274. I guarantee he's bigger than 274. I've heard really good things about Kettles. Like that's the guy that he was hurt last year coming into the season, mm-hmm. season ending injury or season ending injury. Yeah, we were fall camp or something. Yeah. So he was, he's been a guy that we've been like, oh man, Kettles, Kettles yeah. is coming along. So yeah, I, you know, probably right guard would be a position I would look at. Agreed. Yeah, those are the two spots. I mean, obviously, if you find talented players anyway, anywhere that somehow fall into your lap, you're going to take them. But those are the ones I think you're hitting up in the transfer portal, community community colleges, whatever. Those are the ones. Got it. Do you want to answer any Golden Cooley questions? Maybe do you want to save those for the d- defense episode because we're an hour and 10 minutes into this bad boy already. Well, yeah, let's answer a couple Golden Cooley questions. Okay. Let's do a couple of ones that we can answer relatively quick. I want I want to answer yep. cat bots because it's funny. This is something that I've been griping about for a couple of years now, and it's finally just like boiled over. Does a recruit who is a 500% committed have a greater chance or lower chance of showing up on campus compared to a recruit that is only 100% committed? <laughs> it drives me bonkers. You can't be more than 100% committed. Not scientifically possible. And plenty of people transfer out who were 500% committed. So <laughs> honestly, I feel like you probably have a better chance of being 100% committed because you're a bit more level-headed. You're not so crazy and maybe you're going to stick with it. 500% you're you're more emotional. You're just like more, uh, I don't know. So no, I, I think the 500% <laughs> guy has a lower chance of showing up on campus versus the 100% guy. Based on the personalities of who would type 500% committed on Twitter versus 100%. The 500% committed guy seems like he'd be more wishy-washy. That's what I'm saying. Be like, I'm agreeing. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. He seems like he's more like a showman. Like he's just doing that just to promote himself. Yeah. The 100% guy knows <laughs> that that's the true number and, and he's more of a realistic man. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, drives me crazy. Really if I was going to commit somewhere, I would just make up a random number. If I'm going to do it, like 127 percent committed. <laughs> why? Why does that have to be just in increments like of 100? Troll it. Yeah, I'm just going to maybe put a decimal in there. I don't know. <laughs> you should do like some irrational number, like pi or something like that. <laughs> Colorado cat did uh, follow up to Catbot's question. He said the chances increase for every hour he works out before 5 a.m. <laughs> I told you a couple episodes I hope ago that I hope this uh, the workout 5 a.m. joke never dies, and here it lives on. Love it. It lives on. Lives on. Sorry. I'm pretty sure it's G-Tap. Sorry, buddy. You've been the butt of that joke for a while now. It's up to us. To Love you, buddy. But that, uh, <laughs> that. Anyway. All right. That's my uh, question I want to answer. What else do you want to throw out here that we can answer in relatively quick order? Uh, let's see here. Um, well, we kind of talked about bleeding blues. Uh, which one gives us the most pause for the 2022 season? The the O line, the D line, or wide receiver size? This is the one but I wanted to pick. One. This is the one I wanted to save until we've talked about all the positions. Gosh, Tony, man, you just been raining on my parade on everything. Well, I, I told you today. that we had one that I thought Jeez. I'd mention this to you. Not my fault you don't listen to me. Man, whatever. <laughs> okay, so then, 
Sorry, Bleeding Blue. We'll get to that, apparently, when Thorny wants to get to it. Um, But I will go to you. (laughs) Screw you, man. (laughs) That was the hook. That was my version of the hook. Dan, my man, you put it in the document. Question for the pod. Do you guys ever watch the full game replays from start to finish? There are a lot of them. Or the cats on YouTube, and I debate watching the whole replay sometimes. I really like this question. It's a good question. You want to hit it? Yeah, I'll I'll go first. Danny, I don't. Unless it was the Cat Grizz in like the 2019 Cat Grizz game, or yeah, that was the 2019 Cat Grizz game, or the only other one that I watched stem to stern with no fast forwarding was the Sam Houston State game when we won on my birthday, because that was one of my favorite football games of all time. But rarely do I go through and just watch them full because I just look for the highlights. Honestly, I've watched it already. And man, I wish I was a better fan. I wish I did have the time to go back and watch him, but I just, like, I'm just too busy, man. I'm a dad of young boys who demand my attention. And I'm a teacher. I have a lot. And I'm a husband. So, no, I don't have time to just sit and watch three-hour Bobcat games. As much as I would probably want to, I don't. You know, if you watch a highlight game fast-forwarding through commercials and, like, after the snap and f- little 10-second increments till the next snap, probably watch that bad boy in about 35 minutes. It's a lot of work though, just keeping your finger on the yeah, fast forward uh, yes. button, and you have to have like good internet. And like, the, sometimes that's what the thing that that was one of the gripes of, of ESPN Plus to me was if you push the you know Ford 15 or Ford 30 enough, it was it was glitchy. Yeah, I'll just say that at one point it would like just kind of freeze up. I agree. Um, back to the question. You know, I really don't either. And it's not that I don't, I mean, I don't really have time, but I could find time if I really wanted to. I have watched, I maybe did rewatch the exact two that you mentioned. I have not rewatched like the whole South Dakota State game or anything like that. I like highlights or, I don't know. I just don't get the same level of enjoyment rewatching a game because that Uh whole, like the the energy, you know what's going to happen. So the energy is different. Like the anticipation's different, like the nail biting, what's going to happen on this play, you already know. It just it doesn't hold the same excitement level for me rewatching a game. We should rewatch games. That would make us probably better podcasters if we actually rewatched games, took notes, and were more prepared to come and talk about game recaps. I wish that would probably be good for us to do, but that's just not happen- happening with the schedules and the time that we have. But no, I, I really don't watch uh, full game replays either. Luckily that there's like one or two accounts now on YouTube that have been putting together highlight packages, like 10 minute long highlight packages for Bobcat games for like almost the entire, almost every game this year, which is, that's like the sweet spot to me. Like not just a little two minute garbage highlight that like, no offense, like SWX puts together that has like their cameraman down on the field, like the shaky camera. You can't even hardly see the play. Like somebody actually taking like the ESPN plus, like a game film and like slicing it and actually making a 10 minute highlight package. That's whoever's doing that. I love you. They deserve our donation and support monetary goodness. Cause there's no way I'm doing it. That would take way too much time, but that's the stuff I like to watch watching the whole game. 
you know, just doesn't really interest me all that much. Even if I had all day to do it, don't know if I would. There we are. There we are. Thanks, Danny. Good Ooh. question. Dan, the a really man. good question. I like I'm going to send you, I'm going to send Dan a golden coolie. He's the winner. That was a great, that, that is a great really question. question. Woo. Yeah. Good job, Dan. Love it. Good question. You're going to love the new golden coolies. Like I, I keep saying it, they are a step up. They're awesome. We're stepping it up in every way over here. Man, they're good. And I'll also send you a little R&R Cat Cast sticker. Like when you get a package from me coming in the mail, it's got to make you smile because you're just getting goodies from the R&R Cat Cast. Let's yeah. go. And sometimes fully even like puffs a little, some clone onto it. Uh, <laughs> little love letters. Of course I do. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about? We went long on this no. bad boy. I can't I can't believe how long we went. I can and I can't. I'm one of these days fully we're gonna come sorta of close to how long we want to record. I just I don't know. We used to. We used to we talk too much. We talk too much, Ryan Foley. But let's end the talking. Man. <laughs> I love the sound of my own voice. No, I hate the sound of my own voice. Good thing I don't have to hear it. <laughs> All right, uh, Thorny. Let's, let's get, get out of here. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to the rambling. I know we kind of probably tailed off there at the end. Um, just to remind everyone, we do have a donation page or a support page, whatever you want to call it, set up now at uh, Kofi, K-O-F-I.com, R-R-Catcast. There's a link there will be a link on Twitter and on the website, which is rrcatcast.com. Twitter is rrcatcast. That is the handle. Fully, let's just get out of here, Put man. That was fun. Put it on Bobcat Nation, too. Put it on Bobcat Nation. That one, uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I'd, I'd have to probably talk to KMX about that one, because that's a little bit different okay. than what we've been doing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, man, let's get out of here. That was fun. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. What's in your golden coolie?